Episode 29, I believe. This is going to be a pretty serious departure on some levels, some certain levels of abstraction from the Fieldcraft Super Palooza that was the last episode. However, Um, some feedback from listeners, subscribers, having the sense that the Fieldcraft episode was a sort of, oh, like a capstone up to that point, um, may not be too far from the truth, but, um, that will, I hope, become more evident down the road when we use that episode as designed as a sort of hub and um, <clears throat> the goal is to have various guests um, whose expertise is strong, you know, in particular aspects of, of that um, episode, the material therein anyway. As example, you know, there are some folks I'm thinking of having on to discuss planning, reconnaissance, Um, you know, so that particular episode will be referred to quite a bit, I imagine. However, as I said, moving on in the the super train, you a careful listener of the Warhorse podcast may remember and um, have 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 found yourself feeling um, awash with this recurring micro theme of the stranger. And we're going to go directly there. However, to set the stage. Uh, we're going to revisit the body and some some of these tangents that um, pertain to wisdom and knowledge, portals, and you know, bump it out. You're right back to fieldcraft, or you are over to relationships, or you're you're into the collapse, but. We've talked a great deal about things like the microbiome, the central nervous system, and um, referred listeners many times to check out any of these modalities, obviously, but also individuals such as Brian McKenzie in particular. He's somewhat inaccessible 
in my opinion and his material is both appealing and difficult because he's I think he's genuinely managing the complexities of the subject matter so I'm going to use this little template that I found and I'm not going to credit it so it it gives a really solid quick breakdown of what it appears we're looking at when we talk about the central nervous system and um, before I go there recall the situation appears to be that you have a microbiome that extends from your gut up to your mouth and we've learned recently into your lungs of course you have a microbiome on your entire your, your whole body presumably you know it's one nationality if you will of uh, strange creatures living in your beard and another one living in your crotch and uh, a diaspora if you will probably moving around your skin who the fuck knows at this point but that's kind of the setup and um, we know that there's a relationship between the chronic stress the load if you will being placed onto your body you know at this stage I'm gonna go with the woo and say this is an energetic sort of situation that's the way we talk about it even if we're not I was around some some hillbillies the other day and it was like um, well, one hillbilly and well several hillbillies and a couple of other um, non hillbilly types and it was you know in the shorthand it was understandable by all that stress is a as they termed it a sort of fuel for any other ailments and so you have this I think it's called an allostatic load in some of this um, kinesthetic based uh, healing discussion technology what have you and um, this load the only the few let's say access ports that we have to it we have our mind we have our awareness of our thoughts however these this is I mean at this stage in the human collective condition um, you really need to be a sort of you know if you are not already on on some higher plane of consciousness by hook or by crook you're probably suffering massively again religion prayer meditation exercise and recently we brought in this concept of rights and taboos and again Arnold van Gennep 
outstanding summary of a lot of this anthropological material gathered, you know, relating generally around this idea of rites of passage. But So we're already into multiple major detours and we just got to keep going. So the big problem with this phrase, rites of passage, is that it just sounds like a fucking bar mitzvah. You know, your rites of passage, your um, you're 14, blah, blah, blah. And again, you have to sort of, I have to step back and start to say, why exactly was it bent this way? John Taylor Gatto points out in a couple different places, I think, that the adolescence, the tweens, the teens, this is all... A modern industrial you know chattel society invention there is no such thing it, it's clear as day that schooling itself is obviously a, a you know a form of prison and the beginnings of the mold with a capital M I'm sure as hell you know, there there is a place where I'm asking myself: Did demons, did an an egregoric entity, slip this into the minds, um, you know, of the Dewey and these other uh, fucking Panopticon guy, and kind of bring this this evil into being? Was it just? pure luck you know neither here nor there for the moment but the issue with um, this idea of rites of passage is that we're gonna have to I'm gonna have to hammer on this hugely it's gonna have to become a meme if we have any hope if this theoretical out output of this podcast is in any way shape or form approaching the truth of this rather complex set of patterns According to Van Gennep, all peoples viewed all of their lives as a series of passages. So the rites of passage does not mean um, an event that takes place for adolescence to bring them into adulthood. That entire frame is a recent construct that has been militated forward again if not for the express you know uh, cognizant purposes of the neotenizing and infantilizing of us all of society in general which has resulted in yes the the meme of right like we're a very serious if we were a serious country or sarcastically we're we're a very serious country even that meme is itself just missing the mark entirely um, when you, you know, we switch gears over to the 1776 crowd and it's like, yeah, I mean, the fact of the matter is that some hard, some hard fucking dudes got in a boat on Christmas Day, sailed across what was presumably a very uh, frosty body of water, snuck out, 
in their in their long coats and their their fucking boots snuck up on their enemy and cut their throats on Christmas morning. So my sense is that this may be one of these areas of study of emphasis that where we can find our own portal here the meta meta portal of understanding portals I suppose because we have come to a place where most of the passages of one's life do happen um, there are there are some I suppose spaced out you know in the in the typical modern American life like retirement is a really dumb one um, having children is a is a really wonderful one however it's um, it's again it's been co-opted and commercialized many places in this book it's made clear that the pregnant female was not to be going to work or even staying home in a sort of normal sense um, there are t many examples where pregnant women are shuffled around to different places at different times in the pregnancy I recall one example four or five different set locations timed and within the system of values for that culture was appropriate um, and then there were t certain accompanying taboos and rights rights being you know a sort of thing that we do um, charged with magic you see again working into and and in a serious sense and bridging the gap between the warrior and the fucking Dungeons and Dragons dork and pulling away the illusion of separation between all the various camps recall diabolical atomized to disperse all the same shit it's even right here in this section so page 26 individuals and groups a society is similar to a house divided into rooms and corridors the more the society resembles ours in its form of civilization the thinner are its internal partitions and the wider and more open are its doors of communication it goes on in the semi-civilized society on the other hand sections are carefully isolated and passage from one to another must be made through formalities and ceremonies which show extensive parallels to the rites of territorial passage discussed in the last chapter. In that last chapter, as I recall, it was 
there were examples such as if you're leaving your little shire, your section of woods, and going into, there was usually kind of a, a shared buffer zone, you know, between fiefs or clans, tribes, what have you. And when you crossed over the threshold of your, quote, property, your place, um, a whole host needed to attend this event. It was not simply, you know, probably when we get into this, some of our favorite movies and moments are either alluded to, which support this, and that's fine, but uh, even like Tolkien, you know, I suppose in an emergency, you're going to discard some of the formalities and just bolt on your horse to get to the battle, etc. Um, and then sticking with Tolkien for a second, uh, you do have in the Shire, you know, some examples of like a feast, a party, something like that. In reality, while those, those are very significant and um, genuine pieces of something like entering a new territory and the rites and, pa the rites and uh, rituals involved in that, there are plenty of examples where it's quite a bit darker. Um, and this was touched on again in the Fieldcraft episode where maybe you were going to split an animal in half and pull these two parts away and then pass through the center of this life that you've sacrificed to, you know, the... Uh, the, the green aether grid uh, of magic reality that you really exist in. So we'll leave it as one example and, and continue to try and uh, bore through this set of issues. Jumping back here for our, our quick reintro into, you know, chronic stress and the body. So chronic stress leads to a state of the nervous system that scientists call the sympathetic state, right? Fight or flight. And I've made the point, I believe it's true, that all peoples plugged into a phone, the internet, the highway system, just-in-time delivery system, um, all of these various very fragile and interconnected systems to say nothing of the biological level estrogen mimickers diesel exhaust 5g in the air what have you all of this stuff nor to say anything of the social but we're gonna we're gonna get there uh post haste because i wonder I wonder about the social thing a lot, personally. Um, yeah, again, we'll get into it. So from there, the body releases massive amounts of adrenaline, cortisol, glucose, glucose into the bloodstream in order to survive, right? In order to fight or take flight, this is just a constant drip, not just a, a micro drip, um, pretty substantial 
and then we become in you know molded again capital M into this sort of shape and we adjust our lives and our ambitions follow suit and then that's supported in a feedback loop of peer pressure and social reward etc and all sort of patched together through massive psychological operations um, designed to get you to pull over at the dollar store and stuff your face full of some polyunsaturated fat uh, globules and uh, some high fructose binding agent and if you pa if we pause there for a second and then you know you start to add in the quote normal what we may think of as normal you know physical trauma emotional trauma mental related to just it's the sort of things that we are built by God to be able to bounce back from after a period of rest, after um, maybe some healing, the right herbs, exposure to certain elements, what have you. And um, of course, the nine to five, the rejiggering of the entire calendrical uh, order whether that be be it nat be it from your view you know entirely natural Gaia or my view uh, Gaia is subject under Almighty God so whatever the fuck way you want to look at it is fine you still arrive in in the place I'm describing and you know the rest of the story I mean those natural instincts have some chicken soup, take a day off, um, go to the country to take the, the, the fresh air, go to the desert to get over your consumption, what have you. Um, that's not, it's not even possible, right, for most, virtually almost everyone now. Nor is it really an accessible or, or socially acceptable approach um, to say nothing of the fact that most all of this in the entirety of this wherever we're at 25 minute discussion is is still maybe save about 10% off the fucking radar or compartmentalized through those psyops this is what is meant by the patchwork you see it on on Twitter of course every day um, you know, I'm a nude pirate uh, sunning my balls. Oh, well, you're a fag because I'm a I'm a bronc busting fucking peeler cowboy and um, hanging out with my buddies at the campfire. You're all you're all fucked. No, no, says the uh, the bronze bald uh, pseudo pirate. You're all fucked. And of course, you know, it doesn't. I don't fuck. I don't care. I whatever, man. Um, Whether intentional or unintentional, the result is the same. More dispersal, more avoidance of some approaching in some organized, ambitious form, uh, you know, a counter, not just a financial counter, not just a political counter. I mean, these things are all fucking secondary. This is what I've been saying for whatever six months now 
and 10 years before you all met me, or 15 years. All right, so back to our, our model, uh, you know, base understanding here of the situation. You're flooded with all this um, adrenaline, cortisol, glucose. You know, you're supposed to, this is a, we, we jumped over into the calendrical thing because cortisol, adrenaline, glucose, these are supposed to be daily timed to your rising and your setting. Um, you wake up, you get a nice drop of cortisol when the sunlight hits your eyes. 16 hours later, you <clears throat> pardon me, you get a nice natural endogenous dump of something like melatonin to ease you into a restful sleep where you know, again, you're resting, you're healing, you're digesting properly. But survival means running from danger. So the body is pushing blood away from all your vital organs into, pardon me, <coughs> your hands and feet all day for years. And this energy spent on, on a non, you know, a, there, there's a threat, but it's a nebulous, intangible set of threats. So this person is turned around, living in a hall of mirrors, and and just cruelly treated beginning as a child generally and um, the love of our parents and friends and family and then of course the strength of, of sheer youth at least when I was a youth um, and now I don't think this is the case I think in one or whatever it is two generations the current crop of youth in in general terms, does not have, um, you know, they probably were introduced to this destructive cycle much earlier, it was normalized, etc. So you're not seeing the type of resiliency and bouncing back from that normal kind of set of traumas that we we would encounter in whether it's getting hit by a falling rock or a limb or stumbling and skinning your, your face up or whether it's some kid walking by telling you you're a retard and you getting into your head about it. It all goes back to, at the mental level, the loop. And that loop of thoughts is not itself coherent due to the fact that the emotional reasoning centers have been separated. So it's a loop sort of between these two where you're getting disparate information that cannot be, and this doesn't have to appear on a, on a very dramatic or obvious sort of level. I think in most people, it's not at all obvious. It's not like some of us have severe, you know, pretty isolated moments where it's like, yep, that was, that was um, like, a, like an enormous bomb hit inside of my being. And um, I'm not going to forget it. For other people, though, it's just the story of death by a thousand cuts. And uh, so anyway, all this energy is being spent in places it should not be spent. Digestion 
there's your, you know, your sex hormone production, growth hormones are not being produced. And at that point, the mold, if you will, is thickening, you know, um, the ectoplasmic goo between the worlds is starting to actually pull and the egregore is gaining some massive dark, um, you know, anti-resonance, uh, counter-resonance to God made good, you know, reality. And, uh, which is to say that a feedback loop is in place because by entering into the state and pushing it too far and you now actually have caused a like a legitimate problem so the body is sort of justified in saying hey I'm under threat fucking constantly well it is it's right it is under threat even though maybe nothing's happening on the external world there's plenty of money um, baby formula is here diesel is back to two dollars a gallon and uh, we're not in World War III or, or suffering incalculable grievances on, uh, on the social level, you know, every single day, blah, blah, blah. It's just simply that the thing has gone on long enough that now the body's justified in saying, well, we didn't really have a problem, but fuck, now we do. So here we introduce, speaking of the social element is, and the generational, you know, historical piece of it is we have this degradation that we talk about all the time. Much of this is due in one way or another. It's an area personally that, um, you know, I can try and dip into it here, but I'm not too certain myself. But it's, it's a sort of stunted, emo, spiritual, um, mental aspect, right? Uh, again, coming from schooling in large part, but coming from the normalization over generations of schooling as well. You gotta imagine that the first people that were tried to be tried to stuff, they tried to stuff them into schools were it was much, much different than today. The docile little schools, you know, shoals, schools of, of fish kids swimming through these dark hallways, these shitty anti-portals. Um, it was a lot more rebellion, is my point, I imagine. And that, that rebellious spark, when you see it, it's what choice do we have now but to to quietly nurture it and I think many of us probably that are of age to listen to this podcast experienced that you know there was some magical character who or several in 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 my case and probably your case who came along and introduced the concept of yeah fuck them fuck them I'm gonna skip class I'm gonna not do my homework I'm gonna get late I'm gonna smoke some weed what have you 
not saying the smoke and the weed is the thing, but I mean, you gotta kind of like God bless that character, Todd, right from Beavis and Butthead. Anyway, um, we're left in the situation where child, the child's development of co of say healthy and powerful coping strategies mechanisms these are just responses you know the responses to what life presents to them and in some ways what i'm struggling with is to be harder on kids or to be than than what is normal um or maybe how harder than i was treated Without the context and the culture, we're left to sort all this stuff out. And so, that's what the fuck we're going to do. Um, point being, this is another piece of it. And um, where exactly we're at on the, the spectrum of hesitate to say normal but it's all I can do for the moment let's say normal childhood adjustment leading up to real life um, if all of this stuff the biological level is going on in the child you're going to have a hell of a fucking time later in life trying to sort any of this shit out <laughs> here we are right um So that's that's another component that I think massive numbers out there are dealing with. Meanwhile, um, the immune system is being... What else do you say but attacked? Um, almost in a in a like Munchausen by proxy sort of way as opposed to developing natural immunity um, through the introduction of bacteria or whether it's having to confront various ailments and diseases you know along the way because of this protective bubble Or, or, or otherwise, um, the strengthening of the immune system that process is being undermined by the individual, by the medical system, and that again is generally supported or even forced through peer pressure or social pressure or pressure at work or what have you. So recovering from all this, you know, is is the point of where we're going. And I want to focus on 
the notion of the context, which has been in here for you know the past few episodes, the notion of the return in the monomyth, you got the departure, you know, you go into an underworld more or less, you return at the end of your adventure, and you need to be normalized. So apparently, according to Van Gennep and And Van Gennep, again, is a sort of ma summary of massive amounts of, of other individuals. You know, it's one of these... I like books sometimes that are... Almost every sentence is has a citation going back to some external source. And so, he himself, Mr. Van Gennep, is, uh, is distilling... And he's not always right, but um, he's distilling a lot of thought at once. On some level, you could say that what he's doing is is providing a sort of. Um, let me pause for a sec to see if this is really where I, where this needs to go. All right, so yeah, in a sense, what he's doing is providing this outsider's commentary as if he knows or. We're moving into this, we're carrying on with this technological uh, high society sort of approach, which is for, in some ways you have to appreciate it, you know, it's like the closest thing, it's an attempt at objectivity, but it, it's, the, the dicey bit is, it's not fucking objective, man, it's not even close, it's never going to be, and so we may do well to dismiss with a great deal of this the care the, the the sense of airs you know caring airs about the primitive um the high culture versus the the fucking low culture whatever um if you trace a lot of these individuals currently on your favorite social argumentative space, they're going to be locking, locking themselves back to an evolutionary and a, and a simple, just same fucking worldview that basically somebody like Fauci or whatever, pick, pick your fucking nemesis, is, is espousing at, at the base. One may have a higher vision or more you know but what there again like what does it really mean to be to have a higher vision Fauci is going to tell you um, go with the technocrat right systematize everything cut all the fat move only towards this efficient you know efficiently move towards this goal of uploading your shit into a fucking hard drive and the other guy is going to say something like no just cut all the fat and move to a place where 
you you're feeling you know high adventure well okay so I'll go with the other one but it's then what is the question aren't you ultimately going to come back in a sort of loop and maybe you conquer the whole world and then what maybe you don't because you probably won't I I side of course with the you know the pirate side due to the fact that I will not be here in a thousand years so it's fine nonetheless none of the pirate it's it's a moot fucking point right and none of it's going to happen none of it's fucking going to happen without everybody pumping the goddamn brakes and taking a fucking look at doing some accountability here like great exhortation fucking wonderful let's get started buy yourself a sailboat buy yourself some some high-powered weaponry then what well then fucking nothing that's the point meanwhile you know most of these individuals will have circle jerkathons about whether you're an accelerationist or whether you are you know take over from the insider type well I mean time relative to resource collapse and otherwise is at redline and time from the point of view of the of, of everybody what the fuck are you going to scrap together squirrel uh, for the winter has not really changed much it's almost as if we're at you know the top of the wave it's so massive and below us the ocean and the secondary axis of the tip of the wave are this is all moving so fast yet up at the top oh it's just barely moving a little bit it but it is moving you're right we're definitely headed towards something here my goodness what should we do well we're that wave's gonna hit and um, I think the setup is that massive catastrophe will result and um, you know the spirit of the Bronze Age if you will will fucking be washed away as as designed way before you know the quote spirit of the Bronze Age insofar as this is I don't know relatively acceptable code um, by which to broadly speak of these loose ideas um, before that ever emerged it was accounted for you know that there will be cults there will be rebellion there will be this that or the other thing and the <laughs> superior actuarial powers of the Rancorp and all its its cousin think tanks has factored this in what they have not fucking factored in is what we're working with right here. So, 
probably pushing, yeah, 40. So to try and finish this uh, highly concentrated first free hour of the Warhorse podcast out with some some coherency. So this context that I keep referring to, what do you return to after you, the hero, have taken your adventure? In many stories that, that we've all seen, the adventurer and the whole entourage, the supporting cast, etc., is sort of existing on another plane. Society functions below it, and in fact, if you if you stop to look, the adventurer is a sort of parasite on top. It's always you know couched in in uh, in concept or or idea that the adventurer is saving the society because they're too retarded to do anything for themselves. Find the Grail, save the girl, kill the evil genius, whatever. Nobody ever knows. You know that the Bond is out there doing this phenomenal ninja spy shit. In strict, simple terms. There is a passage from whatever your home is. That may be that you're homeless and you have a little spot on the concrete. It may be that you are in a David Byrne song and are talking head song and you're wondering, how did I get here? You have a massive palatial estate. Either way, let's say you're about to take your adventure. You have this first referent point, a place to leave. You may not even, the middle passage is somewhat unknown. The return is kind of somewhat unknown. Will you return? Usually when the stakes are high in the story, right, it's unknown. You may die. You may never come back from traveling in time or whatever the, uh, the conditions are. So the hero does not necessarily always return. I mean, simply stated, right, uh, you never step into the same river twice. You're not stepping back into the exact same thing. But for the most part, that's where the hero returns. Provincial sort of shit is going on. People are still milking cows, whatever. Um, does Luke ever return to, was it Tantui, the desert planet? Um, I don't know. I gave up after the first, the fourth one was, was pure shit. So I don't care what, what they sort of tried to do with it, but... Um, maybe a better use of Star Wars would be to say he does have to return to Yoda. There you have, you know, myth within a myth, myth structure within a myth structure. This is the passage of portal to portal to portal. 
And this is, to shortcut the whole conversation, the actual state of reality. This is how individuals such as you and myself want to live, are designed to live, crave to live, must live. In the Going back to the beginning of this conversation, there are these natural passage points. Death, number one. Birth, number one. On the same kind of order. In between, you have things like the birth of your, of your children um, and the death of your parents. And you may have many, many, I mean, others of on that secondary but very high order. Um, examples fail me, so fill in your own, please. We don't have even the understanding at this point that... This is a natural, uh, a metaphysical and um, psychic structure to which we must adhere to our, or, you know, or to our own detriment. We are actually back in this place where, speaking of the central nervous system, right? Speaking of the biomes and multiplicities and daemons and all of the various aspects of the self that need to be in place to even take the mission. Most of that is not even in place. This is why pick your favorite um, tactical apocalypse guru is telling you to get fit, to get in shape. Most likely he's been to war or he's, he's experienced some form of combat and he knows that this is a big piece just simply of winning. Think of Odysseus. How goddamn long does it take him to get back home? Endurance in this character's case is on par with his cunning. And um, it's not necessarily his tactile acumen, in my opinion, that distinguishes one of my favorite characters of all time. So my um, exhortation goes beyond getting fit, goes beyond picking up field craft, picking up bush craft, picking up weapon craft. Pick, yes, pick up everything that you can pick up. Be picking it up instead of picking up the remote control to the jack-off machine or, or porn or whatever else that you can give up. Steal it in 15-minute segments for six months and all of a sudden you have something. That's great. And therein this training aspect appears to me to be one, the evidence of, shall we say, passage-like behavior many, many times over the six-month period and the building of ritual and simultaneously the creation of at least a loose context in which to return. So I feel like 
sometimes these things flow in a way where people might miss the point. I personally am this way, you know, I like things to be as simple as possible. And then I like to make them as complicated as humanly possible. So I can savor every possible morsel of this experience of being. Thus, consider this. We're still on page 26 here, individuals and groups. Recall my thought experiment. You are, oh, the lowly ranch hand, you know, in 19... 1903, 1890, pick your flavor, your time of the frontier, the American experience. Pick your place. You know, I'm a motherfucking mountain man. Bet your ass. So you have to pick something else. Maybe you're a surveyor. Maybe you are some sort of mercenary. Maybe you're a cowboy. Maybe you're the male guy. Whatever. You're out there all alone, doing your thing, and you encounter on the road, the fabled road, right? That's the point. This is a magical road. This is an uncharted territory. This is a weird moment in all of human history, as objectively speaking as possible, where everything from the entire catalog of Secret societies, conspirators, kings and queens, the whole thing has, and the philosophical level, the conflict between, well, Christianity and, and Nietzsche, or Enlightenment ideals and um, the scientism that results, and, you know, the lost enchantment that, that Tolkien describes. All of it leading to the spearhead concept of manifest destiny, and you're, you're playing it. So again, page 26. For a great many peoples, a stranger is sacred, endowed with magico-religious powers, and supernaturally benevolent or malevolent. This fact has been pointed out repeatedly, especially by Fraser and Crawley, a couple of other anthropological type dudes, who both attribute the rights to which a stranger is subjected to magico-religious terror in his presence. So I'm going to pause there. So this is the point. I think that that's what you would feel out there. That's what I would feel. That's in when I imagine it. And... As, as the, you know, the juxtaposition, if you've been on Tinder and you have met a stranger from Tinder, or if you have ever been in an urban environment and been sitting at some corporate coffee shithole and met a stranger, longer than the transactional, here's my five bucks for my, my soy beverage, you had some sort of exchange. 
it seems to me that terror itself has been transmuted into the banality of evil, right? Um, we've lost the terror and we've traded the experience of stark, acute terror in our bones, in our biome, in our heart rate, in our digestion, in that moment of the seizure, the physical seizure of terror, we have, we have pawned this off like cowards in exchange for an absolutely banal experience of as the, the ivory tower shitheels say, the other. Which could be a great phrase. I'm, I'm trying myself in my own little way to sort of, oh, you know, countermand its connotations, but um, it's probably a lost cause. Either way, there's, there's obviously incredible power in this concept. Let's, just the one sentence again. For a great many peoples, a stranger is sacred endowed with magico-religious powers and supernaturally benevolent or malevolent. So in the monomyth, if you break it down, in, or if you prefer the, the Campbellian terms, uh, the hero with a thousand faces, um, the hero's journey terms, I will, I keep, I think, forgetting to post, there's some good diagrams. Some of them are cyclical, some of them are linear, either way, cyclical is probably better. Given that what I'm really proposing here is that the way we experience time in these sort of moments, each of these is itself a portal. And this is somehow, I presume, a key to understanding all of existence, and ourselves and what has been done to us and simultaneously the evil mechanism and why it's doing what it's doing you know we talked many episodes ago that the algorithm is no fucking shit designed to steal your attention to that which you can attend can no longer be wisdom it is instead garbage for the non-orthodox um, I'll clue you into the inside joke. There's a moment in the liturgy uh, where the deacon usually says that. He says, wisdom, or excuse me, he says, let us attend. So I think I mangled that. The, the Orthodox are now mad as well. But um, what we're driving at here is is again a sort of solution and I think we have to give Mr. Peanut Butterson his it's not his goddamn thing he just you know he he recites it and he's got the biggest megaphone and he, everybody knows this baby steps so are we actually taking baby steps back into terror yeah and maybe that's why this is so fucking hard for everyone to sort out maybe that's why in the 20 years that I've watched it it really has not progressed it's the same fucking idea. Buy some beans, buy some bullets, wait till the shit hits the fan, and then, you know, we'll see who's a real badass then. We'll, we will pit, uh, you know, the pervert versus the cowboy 
in in what terms? I mean, it's a fucking jive show. And I, you know, I get upset because with all of the suits, with all of the hoi polloi, with all the fucking motherfuckers out there doing the grift, again, is it really left to some unknown uh, ranch hand to 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 take this tack? Uh, is it is it just pure bullshit? Is it just not as expedient? It doesn't have the the visceral. That's literally what I'm saying. Is if you need to get back to the visceral, how are you going to do it? You're not going to do it by uh, drinking. You're not going to do it by taking pills. You're not going to do it by simply, you know, uh, yay, you know, lifting iron in the sun or whatever. You're not. You're sure as hell not going to do it. Um, well, so it's not to say we should be clear because that's what the world requires, I suppose. But um, while I am simultaneously exhorting a move towards terror, I will simul- I will also extort, exhort, excuse me, extort. I will fucking extort you for this. Um, a move towards genuine leisure. Okay, so the banality of evil equation is such that. All the things are, all of the experiences, um, the intensity, the depth, the meaning is dialing down, down, down. Whether it's drugs or polyamory or, or, or whatever the fuck else, whether it's just, you know, um, betting down 500 strangers. So given, you know, granted, there is a moment of excitement and that's the real piece of excitement for both parties. Um, it's not the, the number of 500 or 100 or whatever. And that's the banality of fucking evil. The result of both of those numbers, those body counts, is as a form of evil. Whether you want to be really fucking pious about it or not, you got to argue your way back from that because it's a fact. A fact, just an uh, like a self-evident fact. Just open your eyes and look. And now, if you want to extend the argument and uh, you know begin to overlay it on every other we use sex here, any other aspect of life, I think that we can use this measure of intensity and perhaps you know we could throw in some supporting evidence here by by citing. The uptick in like pathologically manic expressions seen every single day, just those that are caught on camera and uploaded to video. Somebody, you know, what a valuable bit of data would be to know is like, what is the rate? Uh, like, how many insane incidents every day are not caught and then uploaded to Instagram or Twitter? So we could sort of you know, move out from there to have an idea of build an index and a metric for the madness. Anyway, little digression within the super uh, digression. The issue being, or the, 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 the supporting evidence being, the manic is opposed, in my view, to the passionate. And so, as well, 
you know, one of the guys I like on Twitter is uh, Quintus Curtis. He has this sort of, he has a great way about expressing certain things and uh, being, being trapped in the conditions that you're in is, is part of it. And he, I don't think he goes the way that I go, but he is saying, I think he would agree though, you know, to move back to what I'm calling an, an enchanted space or even a, a sane space or whatever. Um, it is necessary that we move back into the bounds of, you know, the boundaries built by the natural boundaries built by God to experience these highs and lows and uh, the drudgery and none of the shit is going to change, but to experience also the leisure and to eject the manic and it's antipodian, you know, balancing opposite of the the boredom the sheer banality the just watching all of this history swirl the toilet um yeah 104 for you um cheap motherfuckers that won't cost up or cough up the five bucks um I'm going to go ahead and do you a solid anyway and tr and uh, weave in the biological, the central nervous system thing again and, and offer you up a piece of breath work that I like to do. So um, part of building the place from which you can jump off, part of building that same place that you can return to, part of even having the three-pronged matrix, the Trinitarian uh, metaphysical ideal to which, you, you know, you can start to th put place some of yourself to build into time. Um, a piece of this is, is going to involve self-control. And um, I don't care who you are, you know, unless you are uh, an actual ascended master, which you probably do listen to the Warhorse podcast because that's all there fucking is for you to listen to. Um, keep, for those of you that have picked it up or toyed around with it, you know, I always encourage you just keep going. Um, it takes forever. The rewards are endless. And, um, but it's a tough road. It itself, you know, is an internal experience of the monomyth I'd imagine constant portals constant passages and along the way um, the the construction of your own individual system of value as opposed to that which has been commercialized for you in the form of woo or um, you know whatever brand of yoga mat or etc uh, etc et and here on the warhorse you know uh, we right beside yoga is the cleaning or the manipulation of and practice with your weapons do what you got to do to build the individual system of value nonetheless in the breath work 
piece, um, I can't help but notice that this is a constant theme that it seems to be the case that the eternal ebb and flow of the tides, the eternal cycles of the spheres is embodied in us as human beings through the ebb and flow, the inhale and exhale of the breath. And um, there are a couple, they call them like, uh, what do they call them? Well, in Chinese medicine, you have the whole concept of hot and cold. Like everything sort of boils down to you need a little bit more spice in your food. Okay, dial it back. You need a little bit more like cold radish in your food. But from a 30,000 foot view, it's, you know, it's useful to, to take. Ayurvedic medicine has a similar breakdown. I think they have five different body types one of which is very, as they say, like airy. Um, the breath is, is very much a piece of it. Um, in terms of, I say piece of it, that's pretty f fucking helpful. What I mean is that um, the breath is like instantly very connected to the joints, um, the lymph, the various ways that these old timers would sort of try to take the measure of things. And in yoga, you know, you have a couple of these like hot breaths, like, uh, what is it? Lion's breath. And um, I think one is just called like breath of fire. And this is kind of a uh, into your belly, through your nose and like the rapid. So I, there, you'll hear some different opinions on it. It's not good. It's bad. You're definitely, if, when you're moving with the sort of cutting edge um, Huberman Labs, McKenzie level stuff, the idea is to create uh, breath hunger. So you are upping your CO2 tolerance and thereby moving your physical body closer to what we've called the mold, what he, what Mackenzie has called like the avoidance pattern. And so here's the thing is, a valued subscriber, um, Twitter pal, you know, posted uh, an anecdote about an experience that he had had viscerally, like literal, this is the viscera. So. This goes under the, the caveat of like, <sighs> break in case of, you know, break glass in case of war or um, approach with caution. There's, there's crazier shit than this for sure. Um, breath work designed to, for, for hallucinations and such, but, um, it's not that it's not that bad you just if you have this you have your baseline and you have a built up an awareness of the reality of taking on co2 and what may or may not be happening 
in relation to the avoidance pattern being embodied literally in your fucking body. You'll hear people tell stories about how, you know, um, there's one I heard where a guy took ayahuasca and was like pulling shards of trauma out of his stomach using a piece of crystal or whatever. Um, who knows? Not gonna, not gonna say yay or nay. Interesting though that all of this was kept in his experience, you know, in this area. This low belly right where it kind of connects with your pubic bone your pubis um, side note I have lived maybe the you know pushing 20 years sort of in a hole and so I missed uh, a lot of the vernacular and I was recently introduced to the concept of the fupa the um, is it the fupa front upper fat upper pussy area um, I was familiar with the concept of the front butt which I still kind of prefer for its simplicity acronyms you know I, I tend to get a little bit wrapped around the axle on on these acronyms but fat upper pussy area certainly is is a striking image so imagine you did have one of these but you don't because you you are a male, you're listening to the Warhorse podcast. You do you do have this ability to sort of make this very low, even if you have rock solid fucking um, core and abs, which yes, listener, I do. Um, you can use your arms to press, you place your palms kind of in the in the crotch area, you know, where your hips meet your legs. And you can elevate and extend through the spine and raise the rib cage up. So you get the V shape. And from there, if you, if you have to, you can like do a small breath hold, you know, um, exhale, and then don't breathe and lock your tongue on the top of your mouth. And usually the diaphragm attached up here by your sternum will relax. And the whole, this front sheet will relax. And then from there, you know, it's easier to kind of start with doing it through the mouth. You can get this whole area to move and there's something to it. Um... I prefer to do it through my nose now, so it's more like press down. So my shoulders, my back, my back and my shoulder blades are rising up and then they find that slack and then and you can find um, the term the terms are going to like the scientific medical terms going to escape me, but this moment of laxity before the contraction of your muscles there's a magical space for the real athlete where your muscles are neither you know if you have very hard muscles even if they're very big and shiny and bronzed or whatever it really doesn't fucking matter it does not matter back to my point about the mountain man 
and take a look at any photo of any soldier pretty much before the last war and you know do the math um your your genuine athletes it's it's this conditioning that results from proper rest from a proper relationship to try and tie this all together to terror um if you if you want to go this route you have to become an athlete in some sense you do not get to um avoid the physical and uh, the conditioning of this relaxing and contracting you know results in what we know when we look at as that's an athlete's muscle versus that's a guy who took shit tons of creatine did nothing but fucking squats and deadlifts and this is what I mean big fucking deal just sidestep just take four steps and now you have to catch me. Um, you know, that's what every 17-year-old soccer player, basketball player, wrestler uh, knows. Is, yeah, you're bigger, but you're not going to catch me. So, if that makes any sense, that is a type of um, suppleness that you can bring into this area of your body. You know, it's not just right where it attaches at the the upper pussy area the pubic bone what have you it's um it's in a band going towards your hips and up and uh the benefits of this breath are it, it does aid with digestion a lot of digestion issues actually go back to Paralytic ilium, I think would be the medical term. You know, various little um, mini seizures, mini contractions involuntarily. And much of that, of course, is going back to endotoxins not resulting from not from improper digestion. Eventually, you know, what you put into your body, I think we've done some on it, but uh, we'll do a uh, touch back on that because clearly this makes any, any a massive it's a massive piece of the whole thing so I think we'll pause it there there's an exercise 120 and um, subscribers as you know we will return for non-subscribers would you please go subscribe would you please Find within you the willpower and the desire. I know I'm, I'm not talking to you who actually would do it. I'm talking to all those people that didn't do it. Just follow the links usually provided on the Twitter post or the Instagram post, always in the link tree, the bio thing. Go to Patreon, pick your tier, go to the website, goldengoatguild.net, check yourself out some t shirts, some stickers. I will plug the Navigator course. Why not? Check out the Navigator course if you have not. And if you're if you feel terror when you read the description, good. 
if you feel like you're not in good enough shape, good. You just have to be in good enough shape to, to survive, to make it through the class. Um, in all seriousness, if it interests you, if this type of experience is something you want to take on for yourself and your squad, you can email me, many ways to find that email, or DM, and uh, we can go from there. Thank you for listening. I like to, I like to make a few jokes here and there, but I sincerely appreciate your attention, and I guarantee you that your time was better spent in this past hour and 20 minutes than it was, uh, than it would have been, say, on Twitter or uh, the Super Master Matori Machine, known as uh, television. So I appreciate it, and I wish you the best. Subscribers, hang on. I will be back.